plan this. So we want to begin as usual by reading some scripture together. So open up your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Almost done with 1 Timothy. We'll move on to 2 We're going to read verses 1 through 10 together just to start out our morning. Paul writing to Timothy, All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be slandered. But those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brothers, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited, understanding nothing, but having a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, out of which arise envy, strife, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of a depraved mind and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we, can take, we cannot take anything out of it either. And if we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, by aspiring to it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for this morning. We thank you for the rain. And Lord, it reminds us of your mercy and your grace, uh, which is undeserved. It reminds us that you are the one that brings the growth. And so, Lord, this morning, as we turn to your word, as we consider what it means Uh, to live with our wives in an understanding way, Lord, to live with them as you've called us to. Lord, we realize that we fail often in this. And Father, we still need and will forever need, as long as we're breathing, um, help in this area. So Father, we ask that you would help us this morning as we turn to your word. Lord, that you would encourage us, that we would encourage one another. Lord, equip us to be the men that you've called us to be in our homes. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, well, you can uh, grab your studies if you have them. If you don't, <clears throat> you can just type in on Google, Grace and Granite should come up. You'll see a PDF um, and just access it online. We're going to be on page 85, and this is all about shepherding families. He titles it Reversing the Curse in Marriage, uh, which is an applicable title because Ever since the curse, uh, marriage has been cursed as well, or at least the people inside of marriage. And of course, that has all kinds of effects. You can't just put it on cruise control, because as soon as you do that, uh, that flesh comes out and things begin to fall apart. And so uh, we want to make sure that uh, here at Believer's Fellowship, and of course, because We've given our lives to Christ, and He is our Master, uh, that our marriages are given over to Him, and that they are what Paul um, has written, a picture of Christ's love for the church. And so some of this we've gone over on Sunday, and maybe we can kind of cover it from a little bit different angle um, here. So open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. 
because that's our passage. I feel like all throughout Ephesians we'll, we'll study something, and then in Grace and Granite, here we are. Uh, so Ephesians chapter 5, and let me just read the passage to us um, down to verse 33, starting in verse 22. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So as we're looking at this, uh, we have as our first point that if we're ever going to seek to reverse the curse in marriage, as he says, uh, live according to the Spirit and not the flesh, we're going to have to first offer ourselves for our wife as Christ did for the church. Um, And of course, just that statement alone is something that ought to humble you um, and help you to realize that there is absolutely no even moving in the direction of fulfilling this without an understanding of your dependence upon Christ and your need of the Word uh, to first wash you through every single day. Uh, He says that one of the reasons, one of the ways we can do this would be by initiating love for her welfare as Christ did. And and we kind of line that out on Sunday as what does that love looks like? It's a sacrificial love first and uh, foremost. This is wives, or sorry, not wives, but verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So your love for your wife, if it's Christ-like, needs to every day be sacrificial. And in order for it to be sacrificial, this means you have to be willing to die to your own desires for the sake of her needs, maybe even her desires. Um, You're going to also have to figure out what those needs and desires are in order to do that, which is maybe something that um, us husbands are always too great at. Um, And one thing I would say is you, you should not... Um, assume, um, in fact, you should assume probably the opposite, that her desires are the same as yours now, because we are created very differently. And so I think sometimes we can think as we're fulfilling our own desires uh, that perhaps that's hers and that's uh, often not the case. And so we need to be able to uh, know our wives um, and love her in that way. Um, another way would be just this sanctifying kind of love as you continue to 
uh, to read on. And remember, the point is to initiate love for her welfare. So this is for her good. And so sanctification, so that Christ did with the church, sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So if we're going to sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of uh, the word, this means the word needs to be a part of the environment of our home. Um, of our family. Uh, and there's all kinds of ways you know, that we could do this. Of course, you want to do this by just having time in the Word uh, together with your wife, if, if you have kids, with, with your kids at night. This just needs to be a, a regular thing you're doing. Um, if you got kids, age appropriate, you know, please don't try to read Genesis through in one sitting, you know, things like that. You're seeking to, to teach them. Uh, but you want to have time in the Word. But So how can your house be Word-centered? Well, these days, there's just all kinds of outlets. Uh, you could have sermons going on in the background while you're, you're doing work. Um, you, you could obviously uh, come to church often. <laughs> and, and as a, a husband, you're leading in that way. This is just a part of what we do as a family. We're here. Why are we here? Because we want to sit under the Word. This is why we're here. This isn't here as a, as a social club or anything like that. Okay, we want to sit under the Word with the saints uh, together. And so you're, you're doing that as well. Now, another way, and Ephesians talks about this in Ephesians 5.19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody. Listen, have music going on in your home that lines up with this. Uh, maybe, maybe it would not be sanctifying for them to hear Dad always singing out loud. I don't know. But, but there's, all, there's voices that would be, and you can sing along with that. Um, it just needs to be a, a regular thing. You're in the car. You're at home. The Word is present. It's just a, a part of your family. And if that's the case there's going to be discussions around that. Uh, we were having one last night, uh, just talking about eschatology and some of those things. And, and now our, our girls are starting to get old enough where they can join in on that conversation. Um, and so you're, just, you're talking through the Scriptures together. And as you do that, the Word's going to have its effect um, as the Lord has promised. And so we want to be sanctifying Another thing we said is on Sunday is caring and faithful. Uh, this is loving your wife as you love yourself. And so as you love yourself, you care for yourself. You make sure you're taken care of, uh, fed, clothed. Uh, when you're sick, you, you seek to do what's needed to make yourself well. And so you're caring for your wife. How are you doing that? You're doing that as one flesh, as you would yourself. And of course, the illustration there is Christ cares for His church. Why? Because also, He is joined to His church. We are members with Him. And so our care should be Christ-like uh, in that way, which means we're going to have to stop always thinking about ourselves, and we're going to have to, at times, be concerned with the welfare. How is she doing the welfare of our wife? And then last would be faithful. 
uh, steadfast. As we have made this commitment with our wife in our covenant uh, before the Lord, uh, we need to seek to be faithful, which doesn't just mean um, <clears throat> from a legal contract kind of thing, but faithful every day in the calling the Lord has put on us as husbands to love our wife. Our love needs to be faithful. Um, it needs to be ongoing. And this means you're going to have to be resi resilient in making sure nothing comes in between you and your wife. Um, whether that be your own sin, whether that be her sin, uh, you're leading to make sure that you are together. The way he kind of defines this out <clears throat> would be, as you continue down, he says there's a manner of the love, and of course that's sacrificial, that's the manner. Uh, the extent, uh, I like how he put this, it's willing to go as far as it takes to secure her holiness. Uh, and I think if you can t consider the extent we're talking about in Ephesians 5, the extent that Christ went was all the way to the cross. And so we should be willing to go as far as it takes, obviously, you know, to pay that price. And then I think I would also add duration, so the 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 longness of it um, is basically all the way to the end of your life. And so Christ loves all the way you know, to the end, and so should we. Um, I thought of John 13, 1, Jesus speaking with his disciples um, right before he washes their feet. We have this statement, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them all the way to the end. And he didn't just say it, um, as husbands, sometimes we can say it. Um, he proved it. He showed it. He washed their feet, and then he went on uh, to die for them. Um, and so we want to love in that kind of way. He says here also that we want to sacrifice our personal privileges and interest as Christ did. Um, I think just think it through. You've got your own hobbies. You've got your own interests. You've got things that you want. You might just ask yourself the question, when's the last time that I sacrificed some of those for her sake? Uh, there's something you want to be doing when you get home or whatever it may be. And you know you could have a conversation with your wife. You could check in on her. I'm going to put those things aside uh, for a moment just to be with her. There should be a regular sacrificing um, of those types of things in order uh, to lead your wife. Um, and the other thing, too, is it shouldn't, that should not be seen as a drudgery. If you think about Christ and Him going to the cross, Hebrews 12.2 says it was for the joy set before Him. Um, and by faith, for sure, we know that this is going to lead not only to her good, but our good, because we're walking in obedience uh, to the Lord. So this should be a joyful thing, and certainly not um, a burden. And so in doing some of these things, hopefully, we begin to kind of reverse the curse and become more of a picture of Christ's love for the church, which then, I believe, enables you to be a greater witness um, as you have people over and hospitality and all these kinds of things. If you're already practicing a word-centered home and that's just a part of the conversation, 
it becomes very natural when people are over. Like, you're not having to fake it. This is just what we do. Uh, we have this kind of music on. We talk about these kinds of things. We love one another in this kind of way. They just basically become a part of that and, and hopefully by God's grace are encouraged in that way. And they see an example. If we want marriages in this church to be this way, here's one key. We need to have marriages that already are this way so that these marriages can look to them. They can see an example uh, so that we have couples who can go and help even. Uh, one of the things that I love is just being a part of, of premarital counseling um, and also postmarital counseling. And these things are needed. Uh, and if you're not living it out yourself, you're not going to be able to have much to offer. Uh, and so we want to be that kind of church. So that's the first thing. Offer yourself for your wife as Christ did for the church. Secondly, live with your wife in an understanding way. Everybody turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. This is a passage that we really haven't covered on Sunday, but it's certainly applicable when it comes to husbands and wives. And I want to begin reading from verse 1. And the reason is because we've got six verses given here to the wife, you know, which is kind of opposite the way Paul does it in Ephesians. And then we've got this one for the husband. And the call of the husband here is to live with her in an understanding way. Well, maybe the first point to make is you really can't do that if you don't understand her responsibilities. And so if you look at it, 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 1, we read this. In the same way, you wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, as they observe your pure conduct with fear. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on garments, but let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible quality of a lowly and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in the former times, the holy woman also, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves, being subject to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do good, not fearing any intimidation. You husbands... In the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. All right here. So live with our wives in an understanding way. First thing I want to say here is we cannot do that if we don't realize that she is called to really more of a place of vulnerability. Uh, it's saying nothing of what we're going to look at here in a second of the weaker vessel, but just the very calling on her life to be able to submit to you is one that is very vulnerable, especially when you consider you <laughs> um, and her having to follow you in this way. And so we're going to have to live with an understanding that she is called to a place of submission. 
Uh, and one way that certainly that would help is, as we understand that, we want to be the best leader we can be for her. And one of the ways that, that I believe you become a good leader is you listen to those under you and you seek to understand what it's like to be under you. And you also understand that her role is a wife. And this is something I constantly have to hit myself over the head with. Her role as a wife is to help you. It's to help you. Which means sometimes she may bring things to you that are asking questions about the way you're doing something. And it's to your best benefit, not just to become defensive, but to listen and to understand she is there as my helper. Um, and she might be seeing something that I don't. And she might not only be seeing something right now, but she may be seeing something down the road that I don't see. And so needing to understand that. Another thing we can say about verse 7, you husbands in the same way. Well, what does this mean? In the same way. Well, look at First uh, Peter 3.1. In the same way, you wives. This is going all the way back, and we're talking about this idea of submission. Paul's, or not Paul, Peter is saying, uh, in the same way, you are to submit, which is basically what Paul was also saying, that we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There is a sense here in verse 7 that we are submitting to our wives as we sacrificially love them and live with, an understand, with them in an understanding way. We are submitting our lives to them. And so we need to understand this as well. Then we get to this part in an understanding way as with a weaker vessel. A lot of people have suggested different things here, but I think one thing that we could say, obviously this has nothing to do with intellect, okay? Everyone knows this as a married person, that your wife is clearly very smart. Um, and pretty much in 99% of the cases, smarter than you. Um, so it's not that. We can cross that out. Um, clearly, this is not spiritual. It has nothing to do with whether you're spiritually greater than her or, or not. It's clearly not that. In, in many ways, our wives are more in tune uh, than we are, and so it cannot be that. Most people would say something to the effect of physical, um, because that's obvious. There are some physical differences. Men, generally speaking, are physically more strong. And the other thing that people will say is it just has to do with her position of vulnerability. Uh, she has put herself under you, and so this is a weaker place, and maybe it's somewhere in between those two. And so we need to understand that she has taken on a place or she is weaker in that sense. The other thing that I would add is perhaps uh, women have been made, and this is a particular gifting of women, um, to be more emotional. And I think at times that can put them in a, in a weaker place, especially if they've got a husband who's not living with them in an understanding way. And so as men, we need to understand all of these things as we live with our wife. Another thing too here, notice it, it says as with a weaker vessel, which means that it's not that we're the strong vessel and she's the weak vessel. It means that we're both weak. 
she's just a little weaker. <laughs> so but we need to have that understanding you know, when it comes to ourselves. We are both weak. We both need to be dependent upon Christ. She has been made a little weaker in some ways. Um, and so this isn't a, a matter of how high we are above our wives or anything like that. And so here's some things that he gives us to think about. B on your outline. Think carefully about God's design for her. And I like this first one. She is not a man. <laughs> She's not like you. She's very different in desires, in makeup, uh, in her needs. She feels differently. She thinks differently. Um, and these are giftings and good, but we cannot assume that our wife is exactly like us. Now, she is a nurturer. Uh, she likes to bring up, uh, nurture is that same word that was used in Ephesians for children. Uh, so she's been gifted in such a way to be able to nurture and bring up children or to be able to her, use her gifts of hospitality within the church, give her opportunities to do that, uh, create an environment that allows her to thrive uh, in that way. And then again, he just says she is vulnerable. Uh, he says also, think carefully about who she is uniquely as a woman. Um, and I might say just her personally, your own wife. And so there's lots of things you could say about women in general, but each woman is very different. And so the calling is not to understand wives, everyone's wife. Your calling, and aren't we thankful, is just to understand your wife um, and to get to know her. Now, what are her weaknesses? What are her fears? What are her joys? Um, all of these types of things. Where is she at uh, spiritually? Where does she want to grow spiritually? In, in what ways is she kind of worried about or thinking about your kids and, and where they're at in regards to the church? And as a husband, knowing all of these things so that you can uniquely care for her. Uh, he says you need to think carefully about how well you listen and take a genuine interest in what she is saying. Set aside some time to be able to listen to where she knows this is a time when I have my husband's undivided attention and I can talk to him and he will actually respond to me and it's like a real person talking uh, back to me. Uh, and... This is huge. Take responsibility for your response. I would just say, as you're listening, she may give you some things to do or some things to think about. Um, and you need to not only say you're going to do it, but actually do it. And this is really what listen uh, means or the implications of listen in the Bible. Um, have you not heard? <laughs> and he's asking that because it hasn't had any effect. And so we don't want our wives to be saying the same thing. Did you, did you not hear me tell you that? And I've told you that over and over and over again. How are you not getting this? It should be extremely obvious. Okay, have you not heard it's the same kind of thing? We want to listen with the intent to actually go and do and serve our wife in that way. Um, think carefully about how to honor her. This goes from kind of the second half of the verse. She is a woman. Show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of uh, life. Uh, you've been given this gift of life together, being able to walk together. Uh, you should show her honor. And by the way, that's going to make the gift of life all that much uh, better. 
Um, and so you want to do that with your wife. Um, and then the last thing that he says here is don't just be a fixer, um, and which is obviously something that men like to do. We, we like to try to fix things. Um, and I guess you could just say your wife is not a project to be fixed, um, and that may not always be exactly what she's looking for. Um, and so instead of just attacking it that way, listen to her. Um, and I think in light of what the verse goes on to say, pray with her, pray with her, which I think shows that you understand I'm weak as well. I need help. And as she submits to you, she's going to know here's a man who's seeking to follow Christ. That's where the ultimate fix comes from. And so we don't want to be the guy who's just going out trying to practically fixing it as if she's like a plumbing problem. Um, that's not the issue. We want to love our wives, pray with our wives, and lead them to the Savior. So let me pray for us, and then we've got some questions. Father, we do thank you for this morning. Uh, Lord, just for the safety of us all getting here and being able to, to be with one another to open your word. Uh, Father, I ask that you would help us. Help us to live with our wives in an understanding way. Um, help us to live sacrificially with them and to have a servant's heart just like your son. Father, we uh, confess and understand that we cannot do this if we're not first coming to you and if we're not first following you. And so, Lord, help us each day to open up your word. Uh, to seek to know you more. Lord, help us within our families and to allow the word to permeate in our conversations and in the lifestyle of our home. And Father, I pray that you would use um, our marriages in a way that would display Christ's love and the church's love, and that, Father, it could be an example and a help to others who you place around us. Father, be with us now as we uh, sit at our tables and talk with one another. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. Um, and Lord, we just ask that you would bless our time. We pray this in your name. Amen.